Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Into Wonderland. Uh, I, as always, am your host, Frenchie. Um, this week, we're going to take a little bit of a break. Um, getting some guests lined up and some topics together, but uh, something that I've been coming across a lot this week I wanted to talk about. Uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about Facebook uh, and free speech uh, a lot going on with that right now. Um, you know, is Facebook right? Are they wrong? You know, that type of thing. Um, I've actually got an interviewer to here that clicked up um, where some people kind of talk about it. Um, and I'm going to listen to those interviews because um, I kind of liked their point of views, kind of made me think about some things. I had some comments on it, um, but we'll do that. Um, one is actually, uh, I believe it's an NBC clip uh, from a news channel after uh, Mark Zuckerberg uh, made a speech about the changes in free speech and whatnot. <clears throat> and uh, the other one is from a, I believe, YouTube news source. I think it's uh, Arabian Business or something like that. Um, it's two gentlemen on there. Um, they actually have a pretty good conversation. Um, that I might make some comments about. But I wanted to listen to those two and kind of share them with you. Um, I know it seems like Facebook might be my kind of uh, sharing point, or not sharing point, um, best or most used availability to my podcast, I guess. I don't know. Basically, that's kind of where I, I share um, the links to my podcast, even though you can find them on Spotify and, and uh, Anchor, um, a couple other apps, you could probably Google it into Wonderland Podcast. But um, I just I, I wanted to I wanted to talk a little bit about this week uh, about the Facebook stuff. Um, take a break from a guest, um, just kind of veer off, catch a breath, come back with some more guests about their opinions on you know Illuminati and conspiracies and what's real and what's not. But uh, I, I'm very interested in, in the way that the Facebook stuff is going right now. I'm a, I'm a big Facebook user myself. Uh, my wife would say that I'm addicted to that like a crackhead would be addicted to crack. So um, I won't deny that accusation. But uh, but I'm just curious to kind of the, the way things are going, especially with the way our country is right now and everything. Um, so I just think it's an interesting topic. Um at this point in time with everything we have going on. So um, this first clip here, we're gonna cue it up. This is the, uh, it's from the Arabian Business. Uh, that is their YouTube channel. And their conversation topic is, should Facebook allow free speech? Uh, these two have a pretty good conversation, so I'm gonna share it here and uh, maybe stop it or pause it and make a couple comments uh, of kind of what I was thinking when I watched this and kind of what I think about what's going on and, and whatnot. Okay, so here we go. This is Arabian Business, and we'll check this clip out and, uh, and listen to it. Facebook and free speech. That's what we're talking about on today's issue of Inside AB. I'm Eddie Taylor, and today I'm joined by Cheyenne Shaquille. <laughs> So Cheyenne, it's been a really controversial few weeks for Facebook and we're facing the latest thing now, which is they've just kicked off controversial American DJ and talk show host Alex Jones for some fairly 
unhinged conspiracy theories. Now, we have to put this on record. We disagree about this. I think Facebook were perfectly within their rights, and you think no, you think free speech is at stake. Tell me why, why I am wrong. With that comment, I think that they're both right, and they're both wrong. I think this is a very difficult subject, which is why I'm so intrigued by it. Well, to be fair, I do think Facebook are within their rights. What I'm saying is maybe we should put pen down to paper and figure out why Alex Jones was wrong as opposed to relying on, well, everyone else thinks he is, so that's why we've got to kick him out. I think we need to figure out exactly what part of his speech was wrong. Because, I mean, if he was racist, that's protected speech. Uh, You know, there's a lot of things that are protected, so why is he wrong? Is it a case of wrong or, or when you say... We need to figure out who's the we in this point. Is it its users? Is it the community? Is it journalists? Is it Facebook themselves? Who are you talking about that has this control? Well, I mean, a lot of people think Facebook is a private company, but it's not private in any respect. I mean, it's obviously listed on the stock exchange, but even as an economic product, a provider of services, it's a public good company. I mean, everybody's vested in that interest. So the idea is, it's like, imagine you had houses around a lagoon. Nobody can block anyone else's access to the lagoon because that's the point of economic public goods. Does that make sense? I mean, if we were to block Alex Jones off of it, somebody could say, well, like, well, Eddie Taylor or Cheyenne Shaquille is, is, should be off of Facebook as well. We need to have defined policies as opposed to public opinion. So, <clears throat> this comment, I see where he's going with this, and, and, and I've thought a lot about this recently. Um, it's a really difficult situation, in my opinion, um, because he makes the comment about you know, if he was racist, that's protected speech. Or, you know, freedom, that's his freedom of speech, right? This, I think, is the biggest problem with this whole topic. Is, um, I actually witnessed two, quick story, I, I witnessed two uh, co-workers of mine get into a very heated argument one morning. Um, and they're actually, they're actually um, brother-in-law's of each other. One is married to the other one's sister. So they're family. Um, and what's funny is they they were on the same page, but one of them made a comment that really sparked my attention. And I was like, that's a really good point. They were talking about the Kyle Rittenhouse thing. Okay. I'm sure many of you have seen that video. The guy, uh, it was, I'm sorry, it was a kid. He was 17 and he had, uh, he had a gun and he was with some people. I, I, I don't remember who. I apologize. I haven't really researched into that. I'm sure it'll come up in, in another topic. Um, maybe next time we have CJ on. I know he kind of knew a little bit about it. Um, but he made the comment. Um, they, they were talking about Kyle Rittenhouse. And the one brother made the comment, well, you know, right to bear arms and protect himself. You know, and he didn't do anything wrong in in my view. I've watched the video and these guys started attacking him. He was trying to defend this business and he just told him, hey, you know, no, you guys aren't going to do this. They started trying to attack him. He was afraid for his life. He pulled the trigger and killed someone. And apparently in this video, because I haven't seen all the clips, but he says that there is actually a second clip or, or recording of this incident where Kyle Rittenhouse supposedly, you know, shoots the guy and the guy goes down and he runs up to him to you know like I'm sorry man or something or, or tries to help him in some way or whatever 
and that's when I believe the second guy, and again, I'm, I'm going off of what somebody else told me, so don't hold me to it, I, I'm, I haven't really watched these clips, next time I talk about this, hopefully I'll be a little more rounded, but I believe this is the point where a second uh, individual came up with a skateboard or something, and started trying to hit him over the head with it, and he then proceeded, I, back up man, I'll shoot you, back up, and the guy kept trying to hit him in the head with the skateboard and so he shot again and then fled on foot to get away from everything that was or all the people that were coming after him and I did see the video actually where after he shoots the second guy or the third guy and the police are showing up in SWAT vans he immediately he immediately puts his gun down around his chest with his arms in the air and says I'm right here I'm right here I just shot someone he tries to apparently um tell the officers, you know, like I was defending myself. He tries to turn himself over right there without further, um, uh, conflict or whatever. Um, and the police actually tell him down on your knees. And I think one officer might stop or something and talk to him. I don't remember, but I remember the, the rest of the group started continuing past him as they were walking. These guys were in full SWAT gear and everything like that. And so these guys were talking about this. So I tell that story, but they were talking about this incident. And this is where one of the brothers made the comment, well, you know, technically, when you look at the Constitution, this kid did nothing wrong. And the other brother made the comment, yeah, I agree. However, the bigger problem here is the state laws, because that state, Supposedly, you're supposed to be 18 to own a firearm or carry a firearm. I I grew up around firearms. I don't have a problem with firearms as long as you learn responsibility and whatnot. You know, most responsible people don't shoot people. You know, I know some people go crazy and shoot people. That you, I've seen. I live in Florida, man. Florida man is big here. I've seen stories of guys killing people with bananas and surfboards and throwing alligators at people like I'm the, taking his gun away I feel like it's is a minimal effect but that's a completely different topic they so he made the comment about you know well yeah that's the problem though is like how do we figure out whether he was right or wrong when we have this constitution that says yeah he was right to defend himself but the people and or the state policies are kind of against the kid because he shouldn't have had a gun in the first place and, and the brother who made the original comment about the Constitution completely came unhinged, even though he was agreeing and just saying, yeah, but how do we deal with this? Um, and they got into this really heated argument because it was kind of a separation of thought and they weren't understanding each other. And the funny part was they were actually agreeing. The one brother was just trying to build onto the conversation by saying, yeah, I agree, but what should... But what do you think we should do when this is contradicting this? And they got in a really nasty argument. And uh, and, and and one of them made the comment about you know well, you, you know if you're gonna if you're gonna do this or that, you can't pick and choose. And I kind of started thinking about that, and I thought about that quite a few times with this Facebook free speech stuff because it does give off the imagery or the notion or the perception whatever you want to whatever word you want to use as my description of like Alec Jones for example 
Um, Alex Jones has gotten, you know, I, I, I've listened to some of his stuff and I think that he kind of does think a little one-sided and I refuse to look at conspiracies or the concepts of conspiracies from only one side. I look at both sides to the best of my ability and I make my judgments off, you know, well, what's the lesser of, what's the lesser of evils? The fact that it's true or the fact that it's not. Um, and so the freedom of speech thing I think is really huge. Like what he says about the private companies, because I've, also worked for uh, uh, store chains where every store you know you may shop at let's say Walmart or Target and they have different policies they have the rights to govern their own policies um, so with that being said they kind of have the right you know if you walk into Target and you're like you know oh man I I hate this you know, culture, I hate this race of people, they can ask you to leave, and they actually have every right to call law enforcement and just say, you know, they're being disruptive, they're disrupting business, we just want them trespassed, and realistically, that's usually the, the most of what happens, unless the person gets belligerent and starts trying to punch a cop, which, that has nothing to do with the private business, that's just the person came unhinged, and I think that's the hard part with the freedom of speech, because you look at so many people where it's like, the freedom of speech, you know, okay, so we take away some speech, but not all the speech. Well, then that's not freedom of speech by the definition. So I, I can see where it's very difficult to navigate through this conversation because I like the idea of, of free speech. You should be able to say what you're thinking. You know, now, I mean, obviously... With that being said, just because you have the freedom of speech doesn't mean you have to use your mouth to be a complete asshole. You know, you don't have to threaten to kill people or call someone's mother a whore. You know, just because you have the right to freedom of speech doesn't mean that you should just be an asshole. I mean, why can't we, you know, have a conversation without somebody being like, oh, whatever, your mother's a whore. I mean, that stuff, that stuff just kind of always gets me. And, uh, and, 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 I, and I say that because um, <clears throat> I had someone explain to me kind of how the human mouth works when it comes to speaking. And I think certain people, especially if you have a higher outlet like Alex Jones, for example, since we're talking about him. Every word you put out into the world is is like sending a spark into a heavily wooded area. That spark might float, land in something, and, and, and flicker out and, and go away. But if you send that spark, which is dangerous, to a fully, you know overgrown forest um, it, it, it can be extremely dangerous and so when you send that spark and it lands in the right place you can set the entire environment on fire and I think that's where a lot of people even though I agree with freedom of speech I try to stop 
and think about what I say before I say it. And, and, and I think that that's why I kind of have that view on, you know, well, man, just because you have freedom of speech doesn't mean you have to be a dick. Freedom of speech, you know, it, it, originally it was meant for us to be like, hey, no, no, man, you're not going to oppress me. But now when people feel like they're being oppressed or maybe they don't understand something, maybe they're not being oppressed. Maybe they don't understand something and they feel like they're being oppressed. They're still not using their freedom of speech in the wrong way, per se. They just may not know. Now, on that same note, devil's advocate, as I always do, there are a group of people who go, well, freedom of speech, fuck you. I don't like these people. I don't like that people. I hope you die. And I hope your children die. And and that's where I circle back to that. Like, why? Why? You know, we give you freedom of speech as a right and then you just use it for bad and then you get mad when other people go well if this is what you're going to do with free speech why why should we give it to you you know it's like giving someone a gun or a knife you know oh you could use this for 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 you know hunting and killing food ah eh, no i'm going to walk into a mall and injure a bunch of people like how many people in the world got knives? They don't just walk around stabbing people, you know? How many people do you really know that, that own guns and go to the shooting range? I have a handful, including my grandfather, who had a collection of, like, 200 guns. He would buy them and take them to the gun range and shoot them, and, like, oh, that's cool, and he'd trade them or sell them for different ones. It was just a hobby. But that man never pointed a gun at anybody who wasn't, trying to break into his house and rob him. I mean, so just like anything, if if you have that, don't abuse it. And because that, I think, is what's going on with this Facebook stuff. But let's go back to this interview because I've kind of rambled on now forever. Um, and let's hear kind of the rest of what they have to say. Yeah, but also this is a private company that's looking after the welfare and the well-being of its customers. I mean, I would actually argue this is less about politics or it's less about censorship. It's really more about PR. There's enough people that made us think about this that Facebook responded to the desires of its customers. Just as the Dubai Mall or Emirates would respond if there was a degree of customer complaint about somebody using their space, they would act upon it. I don't see that's any different in this case. I don't think scale is remotely relevant. I think it is because I think like what has happened is majority rule has come into effect because a lot of people felt that Alex Jones was unhinged and, and he was. I mean, I'm not saying that guy was at best great entertainment and that's it. He was, I mean, he thought reptiles were in the White House, so of course he's mental. <laughs> so, um, I mean, I definitely think he's crazy, but we need to put down and define why we think he should not, you know, be on. Okay, but we're media. talking about Facebook. We're not yeah. talking about the internet. He still has a platform. He still puts out his stuff on his own website. We're not talking about the internet. We're Which talking is about also a good point. One carrier of material on the internet, just as Emirates isn't the Open Skies Agreement. That's one private business operating in a public sphere. So I, I don't understand why they can't be the custodians of, of things that take place on their territory, if you like. Because you don't win the fight. Imagine Alex Jones gets backed by some, I don't know, the Koch brothers that supported Donald Trump's, uh, you know, rise to the presidency. And they create their own, you know, conservative 
version of social media. That they, would be fine though. My point would be Facebook aren't in this for political bias. They're not doing this because they have an agenda. They're doing it because they're responding to speech that has resulted in either harassment or negative real-world consequences, i.e. the parents of Sandy Hook victims being actually harassed in real life because of stuff that they've put out on their platform. Surely they have a duty of care to the users of its platform to make sure that sort of hate speech or, or this kind of divisive rhetoric doesn't have a home for it. Well, I mean, of course they do, but Facebook uh, and, and all of social media doing what they're doing right now are really just look at, looking after their own business self-interest. Of course. I mean, and, of but, course, but, but yes. These, but social media is, is a global problem. It's, it's an internet problem. It's a, the, the fake news crisis isn't restricted to what WhatsApp wants to do about it or Facebook wants to do about it or Twitter wants to do about it or Snapchat wants to do about it. Or something. This was a really good point, too, because when I... With what he just said about the fake news thing, um, it kind of spiked my thing. So, with Alex Jones, you know, they want to kick him off because, well, what you're saying isn't true, and you can't, or you can't prove that it's true, and so you need to be removed because you're making stuff up and telling people lies. Now, at the same time, at the same time, this kind of goes back to where do we draw that line then? Because when I look at this, now, I hate doing it. I hate doing it because all I see is negative imagery and negative messages um, like 90% of the time. And I am, I am one of those people that I... I I feel so in tune with the universe where if I feel nothing but negativity around me, I become negative. And I know I'm not the only person like that, so if you are like that and you completely understand, thank you. If you don't understand what I mean by that, I, I apologize. It's just, I, my wife would probably say take things too seriously, but that being said, I look at situations like this. So, so the Alex Jones thing, well, you can't say that because it's not true. Or you put fake, you know, you put fake news out there. And they accuse him of doing this on, on the news and in other media when it's been proven. And I know that, I know that you Trump supporters will be completely on my side. But even those of you who are not Trump supporters, I understand that, that Trump does go a little far with the fake news stuff. I don't think every news person in the world is a lying sack of dog shit. And that they deserve to be disrespected. However, I do see a lot of instances where, uh, especially with social media and the internet now, there's lots of little news sites. Um, and, and, and I'm sorry, but I've, I've watched the news on every network and I almost can't stand watching news on any mainstream network because they all follow some sort of political agenda or guideline and seem to be biased to one side. So with that being said, I have also seen news stories where they put the wrong information out. Now, a lot of people argue with me, oh, well, that's because they didn't get that information until later. 
okay, well, if you just got a news story that says Fort Myers, Florida, a man is dead, police are investigating, uh, we have reason to believe it's suicide. Okay, fine. That's what you should say. Don't put out there, you know, oh, well, the man was, we believe he killed himself. Um, it looks like he blew his brains out in the car. Uh, we saw another body. We believe that he killed someone else. Going just by what they could see because they have to stand 200 feet back away from the crime scene, right? Well, then what happens? The news story comes out an hour later or two hours later with an update. And, uh, oh, yeah, they, uh, the man killed himself. Well, was there another person? They don't say anything about it. Then you see one story that catches it and they'll share, oh, yeah, well, um, he killed himself. There wasn't another suspect. What they actually, uh, the body they saw laying on the floor next to him was a blow-up doll. Now, meanwhile, the news has already come up and said, well, we think he killed somebody else. Why did you think that? Well, we saw another body laying there. Okay. I, I, now, don't get me wrong. I could see where you would perceive that. But how are you just going to throw information out on the news where you're supposed to be educating people on what's going on and tell them only half the story or make up half a story to get yourselves better ratings? And I, and I don't care what anybody says. I don't, care if you're, I don't care if you watch Fox News or CNN or CBS. They all do it. They all do it. And so where do we draw that line? Because... Okay, well, you kick him off, well, private company, so we'll kick him off of our website. But if he is doing all of this stuff and it's, you know, he's, you know, hurting people, why is he not allowed on this site but on this site? There's no consistency is, is kind of what I think I'm get going with this. We, we, we will cut one side down, you know, and say, oh, well, they can't do that because of this. And then that same side gets caught doing the same thing. That's really big on the news, man, because I can't tell you how many times a week I'll see a clip. Oh, Donald Trump or uh, Joe Biden said this. Can't believe you said it. And then you go and you're like, you watch this 10 second clip and you're like, wait, what? There's no way he just flat out said that he hit a baby on the forehead with his penis or something, right? So you look up the original video, which is, their 20-second clip is from an hour-long interview, and they move shit around to make it look like he said one thing or another. Do I think Trump's a little a little over-the-top crazy? Yeah. Do I think Joe Biden's a little bit creepy? Absolutely. Do I think they're both treated wrongfully? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely, I do. All right, let's let's go back to this. I might not make it to my other clip today, folks. <laughs> Something about it. I mean, this is the United Nations of the Internet and social media right now. They need to come up with a comprehensive idea, a legal definition of what is or is not allowed. Well, listen, I think where I agree with you is I think that all of us, everybody that uses Twitter and contributes our time and content to Facebook and Instagram or whatever it is, we ourselves have given way too much power to too, too few people. And if we're arguing about the monopolistic tendencies of these big companies, that's I'm very true. With you. Yep. But I think that what I'm arguing against is the notion that Facebook has a duty of care to anybody other than its own consumers. If we don't like Facebook, we can leave it. Well, there are other platforms yep. that we can operate on. There are other means that we can. 
And I've been a big advocate of that. It's just like anything. If you're in Publix and some guy's walking around going, I, I hate people that drink Pepsi. Pepsi's fucking garbage. You should drink 7-Up because Pepsi is terrible and blah, blah, blah. Are you gonna walk up and are you gonna walk up and be like, no, nah, you're fucking wrong, dude? Fucking seven ups. No, you're gonna walk away. You're gonna go, okay, whatever, and you're gonna walk away. But there's this thing on Facebook where everybody is like, oh, well, screw it. They're not standing next to me. They're not gonna punch me in the face. So what's the worst that I can happen? Fuck you, dude. Long live Budweiser. It's like, bro, you're not even talking about fucking pot. Like people just. They just do that shit. And and I, 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 I find things on Facebook all the time that I disagree with. But I don't report their comments. Oh, this guy said it. No. I'm like, okay. I give him a second chance. The second chance comes around. Well, uh, okay. Second chance. Uh, uh, okay. Most of your things on Facebook are friendships or pages you follow. It's no different than hitting a TV show on TiVo. If you record a show on TiVo because your friend says, oh, you got to watch a show, it's great. And you watch the first two episodes and you're like, no, I don't like this at all. Do you keep recording it or do you delete it and move on to a new TV show? If you're like me, you're probably going on Facebook and go, okay, I've had enough of this. And you either unfollow a page or, you know what? Maybe someone's just nasty to you all the time and you unfriend them on Facebook or you block a page or a person on Facebook. Guess what? There you go. You don't got to argue with that person no more. So that dude is absolutely right. But when I say that, I'm talking to everybody. If you're for Trump and you don't like what the Biden people are saying, don't read it. If you're for Biden and you don't like what the Trump guys are saying, don't fucking read it. If you're voting for for Joe Biden, you're not going to pick up a book written by Donald Trump, probably. I don't think it would hurt. What's the worst that happens? You read it and go, yeah, I was right. He's crazy. Or you better understand both sides, which is what I like to do. And I can go, okay, he's right here. He's right here. But he's wrong here and he's wrong here. And that person's right here and... I think logically. And so logically on Facebook, instead of getting, oh, well, he said that Kim Kardashian is not entertaining. Well, first of all, she's not. But second of all, if, if you don't like Kim Kardashian, don't follow her page. If you see a video of a friend going, you got to watch this Kim Kardashian video, and you know you're, you don't want to watch it, scroll past it. Who gives a shit what everybody else thinks? You don't like Facebook like he just said. You have the right to leave. I won't even lie. I've thought about leaving twice. But I'm addicted and so I end up staying because I like funny cat videos. And that's just the way it is. Views on the internet to communicate with it. And I don't believe that Alex Jones is a hill that any free speech person wants to die on. Because the guy is, as you say... He's a fringe lunatic, and I don't believe that Facebook needs or has a duty to put his kind of hateful stuff out there. And, and it should apply to way more people than Alex Jones, I have to say. And that's what I'm saying. I'm saying definitely a great idea with banning Alex Jones. 
but there's probably other people like Alex Jones who we maybe haven't heard of, who are less influential, who are still on there. Yep. If we could have like a dedicated policy around these sorts of people, none of them would exist. Daesh would not exist. ISIS would not exist. You know, we could have, we could. And that's exactly where I was going with that. Where does it stop? Well, you can block, you can block Timmy because he said t-shirts. You're going you're gonna to block Jimmy uh, from Facebook because he says, oh, well, blue shirts are gay. Oh, say something about gay people. So you block him. But then Douglas goes on and goes, anybody who wears a blue shirt should get punched in the fucking head. And nothing happens to him. How is that equality? Or where does it stop? Do you now do you now ban the other guy too? And do you also ban then do you have to turn around and ban Tina too? Because she said, well, she said blue shirts were stupid. And so we kicked these two guys off. So I I mean. Mark Zuckerberg makes all these comments about being neutral. And he doesn't he doesn't ever talk about politics, if you ever notice, because he's trying to please everybody. And I get that. And and and, and that's respectable. He's trying to run a business where he can bring more people. He knows if he only talks about right-wing stuff, all the left people are going to go, well, screw Facebook, I'm not going to join it. It's run by a bunch of right-wingers. And that's an old-school thing. Because when I grew up in the house, my grandparents said, you don't talk about religion or politics at the dinner table. And that was exactly why. Because it would, it, would it, it, would it would cause a debate. People get angry. People can't just talk civilly. And... Nobody can ever agree on where's that line, you know? We clear the field. Is that then a way that we're going to now migrate to, do you think? think There's going to be stronger policing and then there's going to be more terms of service. So what do you think about Twitter then, who just kind of said, huh, nothing to do with us. If you don't like this material, that's your fault. You sort it out. You correct it. Well, I mean, that's great for Jack Dorsey, right? I mean, Twitter's the only... Twitter can now claim to have the only USP in the social media verse. It says, like, well, you can say anything you want on our platform. It's what Reddit tried to do but it had to back out of. It's a difficult place to go to, but it only works if you're the only one doing it. In a weird way, I actually completely respect Twitter's opinion on it. I don't necessarily agree, but as you say, they just said, we created the platform. What you do with it, users, is your business. Now, then we get into inconsistency because mm-hmm. people have been banned from Twitter for, for crimes that we don't even know or for exactly. transgressions that we don't even know or are poorly explained, yet we can still see hateful and racist and divisive rhetoric. Yep. So yep. that's so a bit of a gray area for me. But I actually, in a weird way, think if that's Twitter's policy, just live up to it. Same with Facebook. If, if you're going to police your own content, then police it. And don't leave yourself open to picking and choosing because then you're leaving yourself open to accusations of agenda and bias and all the stuff that's pulling us apart yep. in, uh, in, in, in a political context right See? now. Well, I think really what we're seeing right now is the beginning of the beginning of the policing of you know speech. Call it free speech. Some people might be anti it against it. But in fact, on CEO Middle East, we did have a, concert, a conversation with Theresa May's campaign manager and John Howard of Australia campaign manager, Lyndon Crosby, and he said, oh, it's inevitable. I mean, people, there's things that you can't go out on the street and say, why, are you, why is it okay for you to say it on social media? So if people want a safe, you know, a fertile community for conversation online, this is inevitable that it's going to happen. We just need to find the right ways to do it. I think that's a very good place to leave it. Very, very good <laughs> conversation, Shay. I enjoyed that. Thank you. Uh, Thank you for watching Inside AB, and if you are going to leave a comment, please make it respectful, because I'll be deleting it, so you have been warned. Thank you very much. (laughs) That's funny. So, 
so y'all kind of catch that clip. It's kind of where I was I was going with that stuff because it's pretty <clears throat> it's pretty intriguing when you look into it because kind of like what he said, where do you at what point do you just look at it and go, well, what are you supposed to do? Because it's inconsistent. You're gonna ban this blue shirt but not this blue shirt, and then tell the one guy, well, you got banned because you got a blue shirt. Well, what about that guy? I myself actually got I got put in a uh, a thirty day a thirty day Facebook jail. Um, I couldn't post, I couldn't share, I couldn't do anything. All I could do was look at other people's um, posts and like them. I couldn't comment on them, I couldn't share them, I couldn't I couldn't post anything to my Facebook or anybody's things. And and what was the reason you ask? Well, I have live in Florida. And I have a friend who's what most of the country would call a big, goofy redneck. And so, I don't remember the the, the context of the conversation, but he said something. And I was like, bro, that's the whitest thing you've ever said. And I was joking with him, like, you know, because I I think he was talking about Black Lives Matter or something. I don't even remember what the comment, but I was just like, bro, you're talking about this subject. And then you just made the whitest comment I've ever heard. And he laughed. And he's like, what are you trying to say? And so I giggled and I commented, you're a, you're a cracker, C-R-A-C-K-A, right? Which would be a derogatory term, let's say. But I'm a white male, and I said it to another white male. My, my post was removed, and I was banned from Facebook. And then when my 30 days was up, I was told that if I was, if I was reported or Facebook was to remove another one of my posts, uh, after breaking their policies again, I would be removed from Facebook completely. And I make this point in this story to point out the inconsistency because while I was Facebook jailed, my buddies were all giving me crap. Really? That's what you got blocked for? Blah, blah, blah. You have a big mouth, you F-bomb all the time, and you got kicked off for using the word cracker. And I was like, yeah, it's silly. And they started sharing. They started looking through Facebook. All of these buddies of mine. And they were constantly sharing me and screenshotting me and sending me just endless videos with captions, comments, names of people's profile pictures. Like there was one, the guy, um, the guy, his name on Facebook was Jonathan Cracker something, whatever. And he's been a Facebook user for like four years. And he has not been kicked off of Facebook or forced to change his name. All these other comments that I was sent and captions of these videos, uh, both by white and African American people, using the word cracker, and none of those posts taken down. So I find it inconsistent. And the same thing happens with uh, what people now call the N word and African American people. You know, a lot of them use it as a term of, uh, of endearment, you know, talking to their buddies. And I get that. I'm for freedom of speech. Say what you want. 
You can call me a racist white honky fuck if you want. I, I don't care. I know I'm not. I know I'm not a racist white honky fuck. I might be a honky fuck, but I, I was I was born and raised in a farm town. What do you expect? I like playing in the dirt and riding four wheelers, and it's just it's fucking cheaper than hanging out in Miami Beach, you know. So what, whatever. But say what you, you know. Say what you want to your friends. I, I don't care. But my point was, continuing that, the consistency, it becomes, well, where's the line? Because they tell you there's a line, but then there's no line. There's a line for you. Well, why is there a line for me? Oh, well, because we caught you. Okay. So, I like the comment where he made about, if you're going to make this policy then make the policy and police it because it should either apply to everyone or no one. Now, like I said, I'm for free speech. I don't really care what you say because I may be a millennial, but I still believe in the old school phrase, you know, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words never hurt me. You're just an asshole. And if I know that, I know that there's no conversating with you so why waste my breath? I could get more shit done if I were to just walk away instead of standing there arguing with the brick wall for 10 minutes. You know what I'm saying? So I like his point there on that. And I think this is a really big topic right now because I think that's 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 the blunt of that topic is is I see so many people where they'll get, you know, they'll get, oh, I posted a meme that was a tasteless joke. You know, or, or, or it was a dick joke and they get banned, but then there's 200 point or 2.4 million other people that posted the same photo and they're not all been taken down. Maybe, maybe this many got taken down, but these ones all seem to get skipped over somehow. So we have to kind of figure out where to go with that. Um, cause I don't. Like he said, there's just the consistency kind of gets you. Um, well, Facebook employee that. has left. The okay, hold your horses there, uh, lady, lady, friend. <laughs> um, here's the other clip I was going to share. Um, this was, I believe, after the interview um, that Mark Zuckerberg did about um, his changes and in, in, in addressing the freedom of speech topic and whatnot. Neely Patel is the editor-in-chief of The Verge and also a CNBC contributor. Good to have you both with us. Your reaction to what you heard today. Sorry about that. Oh, not I think it's what we expected. I don't, I, I don't think there's any sense that uh, mm. Mark was going to take that decision and reverse it in response to employee protest. I think we've been hearing uh, from Facebook that employees have the right to express their opinions. They know that those opinions are gonna be um, uh, and not uh, positive towards the decision. But what I think we really heard from Mark and what we've really begun to understand is he wants to Facebook to be a neutral platform, but his employees want Facebook to express its values. And I think you've been talking about corporate responsibility all night. The question for Facebook. See, now there's another inconsistency. So your CEO wants there to be neutral. He wants to be Switzerland. He's trying to please everybody so that he can broaden 
his clientele. Now I get that from a business standpoint, but while he stands there, well, if we if we don't if we don't let the right say this and the left say this, then there'll be no course for argument and everything can be like Disneyland. But then if the employees underneath him are saying, well, no, man, freedom of speech. We, we should be able to, we should be able to express ourselves no matter the topic. Again, that's an inconsistency. Now, being the boss, does he have the right to go ahead and say, you know, well, this is my company, this is how we're going to do it? Fine. And then those employees have to decide, okay, am I going to go with this company's policies or am I going to walk? Which is your right also. But that's just another overlining uh, uh, inconsistency now that you have on this whole topic where the, the CEO and the employees of the same company don't even agree. So which route should you take? Where should you draw that line? Where are you going to make your line of consistency? My opinion, you would have to go with the way our country was kind of based on, knowing that not everyone's going to get along, and you're going to have to take a majority vote. That would be my logical way of thinking how to handle it, but I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Took is where do you express your values? We are beginning to see Twitter strongly express its values as a company in terms of moderating its platform. Facebook has to express its, its values beyond just free snacks, recruiting programs. It has to express its values in the product. The employees are asking for Facebook to express its values in the product, and Zuckerberg doesn't seem quite ready to take that step. Danny, how about that thought from from Neely? It seems as though Mr. Zuckerberg wants his his business to be a platform for people to post whatever they want to, and then it's up to the general public to make their own judgments about what they find on Facebook. Do you think that Mark Zuckerberg wants any of the responsibility that goes into policing what's really on his site? Well, so it's an interesting question, but I think I think the important context here is we always have to keep in mind the fact that this is a dictatorship. Um, it's a public company, uh, they have shareholders, they have a board, but Mark Zuckerberg, he, he has control of the voting shares, he controls the board, and he listens to people, but at the end of the day, the decision is his, and he has long prized, above everything else, size and growth. And when you start expressing your values, like uh, Nilay was saying, you start to sacrifice growth because you're going to anger some people. And so he's trying yep, to see? please everybody and obviously he's pleasing no one. On the, on the issue, Neil, of, of responsibility, how do you think that Mark Zuckerberg thinks about what his role in society should be by virtue of just how large Facebook's platform is and how many people it actually reaches, especially at times like this, at times of crisis? I will offer Zuckerberg this, this credit. He is clearly thinking about Facebook's role in society given its size. He talks about Facebook like a state. He says it transcends national boundaries. He has built a Supreme Court to moderate uh, uh, decisions on Facebook composed of ex-heads of states, of professors. He is trying to divest some of his decision-making authority in ways that resemble a state, in ways that mimic democratic institutions. But at the end of the day, 
Facebook is not a democratic institution. It is a company that is controlled by one shareholder who is still pretty young and is faced with a crisis in American democracy. And I think it, President Trump is not the kind of leader that Facebook and Twitter and other social networks were built to amplify. People go to work at Facebook on the promise that they will change the world. Their assumption is they will change the world for the better. Their assumption is not that everyone will always be mad at them, that they will always be caught in a loop between moderating too much and moderating too little, and that the president of the United States will use their platform to destabilize the country. That is what is happening very clearly. This is not a policy disagreement. This is a president who is bent towards authoritarianism and who is using the Facebook platform to push the country in that direction. Danny, what's I think so, there is a good reason for employees to push back. What, what's so interesting, Danny, is the, is the contrast that's taking place between what's happening at Facebook and what's happening at Twitter um, from the top chair. And the way that Jack Dorsey has dealt with this issue, the one that Nilay is talking about, um, not only what's put out by the president or, or anybody else on his platform, but how he views his own responsibility in the conversation. Well, that, that's exactly right. And I think what is really difficult for a lot of people to swallow here, especially the employees, is that there's a very blinkered view that Zuckerberg appears to be making, which is appears to be taking, which is, you know, we can connect the world, we can make it a better place, we can help people find their tribe, so to speak, in a way that was just impossible before. So if you take Great. that side of the coin, you also have to accept the fact that you can also foment social division and undermine democracy. And, you know, Zuckerberg and all of these calls, he always comes back to the fact that, you know, what we are doing is good for the world. And he, he's really unbending on that. And I think if he was a bit more honest about Facebook's place in the world, I think people would be more willing to give him some leeway to try to figure this stuff out. But it's just, uh, you know, it's a pretty hard line that we more connection, the better. And that at the moment doesn't appear to be the case. Some pretty strong points. Some pretty strong points. They uh, they touched a little bit there on, on the on the <clears throat> Twitter and Facebook difference too. Uh, on uh, where where is that line at? And what's funny is what's really funny is my phone thinks it can just play whatever video it wants to. You know, I, I thought I was doing a good podcast here, and of course it's coming unhinged all at the fucking end here. Um, but what I was saying is you see this um, somewhat of a back and forth, I feel like, where I think it all breaks down to if you're going to be if, if you're going to be a private company, you're going to make a policy, you have to make it equal for everyone. Um, completely irrelevant, I guess, point of view or different but just way to kind of explain it. Uh, you shop at Target, let's say, all right? And their policy is, oh, well, if you buy an item and want to return it, you need to have a receipt. Well, they don't pick and choose that. Oh, well, Jason, you shop here all the time. You don't need a receipt. We'll just take it back. But that guy over there, we don't know him. He has to have a receipt. No. And they don't 
You don't need a receipt on Tuesdays, but not on Wednesdays. It's consistent. Every customer or guest is what Target, I believe, refers to their to their customer base as as guests are required to have a receipt. Now, they also understand, built onto that, that sometimes something happens and oh man, I, I dropped the receipt or I accidentally threw it away, but I, I swear I bought it here. Okay, then we'll take your driver's license and give you a store credit, which they'll give you money to put back into the store if you want to buy something else, whatever. And people get upset about the ID thing too, I get that. Um, I actually worked for Target um, for a few years actually as uh, a loss prevention officer. And the reason they have that policy, so I have experience in this, is because you would have people that would um, just walk into the store pick a thousand dollar TV up off the shelf, go up to customer service and say, I need to return this for cash. Well, that's obviously a crime. They're basically stealing or con pulling a con on you. You know, they're a con artist, whatever. And so they had to come up with a system to block that or control that. So if the same person keeps coming and doing the same thing, well, guess what? Now we're on to him and we know his name because Dodo thought it would be smart to try to take this TV off the floor and return it for cash. And you know, that makes him a Dodo. And since he's already a Dodo, if he'll give me his driver's license, well, you know what? That's on you. And I know some people, oh, that's entrapment. Well, no, it's not. It's really not. <laughs> if, if you walk up to a cop and you go, ah, fuck you, pig, and you spit in his face and he arrests you, you can't say, oh, well, I didn't know he was a cop. This is prof. No. You're just a dick. <laughs> You're just a dumbass. So, but there's a consistency there. And I think that's a big problem with, with Facebook right now. And I've made that point several times in this video is if they're going to do something, whether I agree with it or not, because I, I don't agree with censoring people. I can move past it. Like I said, I can be like, this guy's a dick. And I can block him or unfollow the page. I don't have to see it anymore. You know, even if it's a page I don't want to see anymore and I unfollow it, if my friend keeps sharing this shit and I don't want to see it, I can block that page. So even if my friend shares this shit I don't want to see and I, don't, I still want to be friends with my friend, I can block the page and so I don't have to see anything that he shares with the page or it's also content not available. Oh, okay. It's either was removed or it's some shit I don't want to see. I can rationalize that. But if they're going to control the speech and certain things that are said it needs to be consistent it's their business I don't run Facebook you know what could there come a day where they put policies in motion and I'm like screw this I'm taking all my clientele to you know to Instagram maybe I don't know but that's just what it is so but I'm coming up on the end of this podcast this week. I just wanted to share that kind of with you guys. It kind of came up into my life. Um, just kind of wanted to talk about that a little bit. I think it's a big conversation right now. Uh, if anybody else has anything you'd like to add to that or you, uh, you know, if you have another point of view or something to add to what I said or if you have a devil's advocate point against something I said, um, 
you can reach me at my email, which is uh, into Wonderland Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach us there. Um, you can comment on this post and and uh, just ask me to reach out to you, you know, through Messenger, or whatever, and I will. And we can set something up, or you can, if you don't want to be named, go ahead and send me that email and just say, you know, I don't wish to be named, but I wanted to share this point of view, whatever. I'm I'm completely I'm completely up for that. That's kind of what my podcast is all about: is getting different points of view and seeing if we can't logically come together and talk about things in some sort of a civilized manner. Um, next week, I'm hoping to get back into, uh, have another guest, maybe do a couple more bits about, uh, you know, people's thoughts on is the Illuminati real and what conspiracies make them think that they are and whatnot, um, and go from there. But, uh, thank you guys for listening this week. I hope you guys all stay tuned next week. Uh, if you guys are still here and you've listened to everything so far, thank you. I love you. You guys have uh, been my only followers um, so far. So I appreciate each and every one of you, no matter where you're from, what you look like. Even if you smell bad, I still love you. So uh, thank you again. I love you guys. Please join me next week. We'll take another walk into Wonderland and get our minds thinking and wandering and see what sort of strange land we end up in. Okay. Thank you, everybody. Have a great week.